Welcome to the Our Kids For Me podcast. This podcast is for you if you have ever asked or are currently asking yourself this question. It's a big question which can be hard to answer for lots of reasons and I am hoping to provide you with some information that can help. In each episode I will speak to people with personal and or professional experience in this area. My own name is Margaret O'Connor. I'm a counsellor and psychotherapist who offers specialised counselling on this topic. I conducted my master's research on how women in Ireland make the decision to become mothers or not, and I really, really love talking about this topic. I hope you find it useful. Today I am talking to Patrick Frayne. He is a journalist, author and musician. He recently published his debut book called OK, Let's Do Your Stupid Idea. This is a collection of personal essays and includes an essay about the fact that he and his wife won't be having children. This wasn't by choice and we discuss how he has come to feel about this now and the impact of it on his life. We speak in depth about the power of social norms and narratives and how difficult but also how important it is to separate ourselves and our wants from them as much as we can. Hi Patrick, thanks a million for for joining me today. It's lovely to talk to you. Thank you for asking me. It's a really interesting subject. <laughs> so you have the, I'm going to say maybe the honour of being the, the first man to be interviewed by himself uh, for, for this podcast. So uh, we've had some men as part of couples, but, uh, and I'm just going to use this opportunity to, to do a blatant call out to, to any other men, maybe who are listening, who feel they have a, a story to share. Please uh, get in contact because I'd love to hear more, uh, more uh, experiences around it. But I suppose we're talking today because of your book. So you wrote a book. Uh, when did it actually come out? It came out in September. It was meant to come out in May and then all the pandemic stuff happened and like loads of things they got pushed back. Yeah, okay. So your book is called OK, Let's Do Your Stupid Idea, which is a collection of personal essays um, which cover a, a wide range of topics uh, and, and events kind of throughout your life, which is uh, which is really nice. And one of them then is around uh, kind of your own experiences of thinking about whether you want to want to have children or not and, and how that worked out for you. Can I ask you maybe how the idea for the book came about? So the book kind of came together kind of gradually. Like I, I've been talking to my editor friend in Barrington in Penguin about different things. Um, and I started sending him essays. And uh, at a certain point, he thought there was a book. In it. And at that point, I started to have fun just trying to make it into a book as opposed to just disparate essays. Yes. Um, and then on a kind of personal level, uh, the book, um, sorry, I have a buzzing thing beside me. I'm just... Come turn it off. Um, uh, on a personal level, the book um, it, it kind of had funny stories I wanted to tell, and then the essay is an amazing way to kind of explore what you're thinking about things. Um, so, with certain subjects in the book, I kind of knew didn't know exactly what I was going to write, but I knew I wanted to write on the subject mm. because it had been important to me, or it had taken up a lot of brain space at different points in my life. Um, so I have an essay about my mental health in there and I have an essay about kind of family stuff and stuff about bereavement um, alongside the funny stuff. Yeah. And I've one about not having kids. And um, because I'm 45 now, and when I was writing that essay, I was 44, mm. but for some time 
uh, when you hit your forties, you you hit a point where almost almost everyone. Like I've actually got quite a few friends actually don't have kids, but the majority of people in their forties seem to have families and kids. And at that point, you start realizing that kind of you're you're maybe a bit out of speed with everyone else. Um, and my thoughts around this were complicated. Like, yeah. Um, um, so the the start of that book is an essay, or sorry, that a book started that essay is um about a dream I had uh, maybe five or six years ago at a period when I was kind of feeling sad about the prospect we might, yeah. like um, for various reasons I don't go into the essay, um, we knew it might be difficult um, to have kids and then slowly there was a dawning realisation that it may not and wasn't going to happen and as I also say in the essay we didn't kind of pursue things like um, uh, uh, IVF or, or anything like that so um so it was kind of more like there was a little mourning period for me when I kind of was kind of sad about it. Um, maybe I say in the book, I don't like using the word grief around it because it's not grief, but there was a kind of sadness uh, at a certain point. And then I think the other thing that happens then, and you've probably seen this with lots of people, is I'm so used to kind of, in a way, even though I've seen myself over the years as a mad bohemian, I'm also in step largely with everyone else you know I go to school I went to college mm -hmm. I faffed around a bit in bands but then I got a real job and then I got married and we got a house and and everything is kind of more or less in some sort of syncopated rhythm with everyone else mm -hmm. um, and then there's this kind of big diversion where lots of your family and your friends are having families and you're not and so that also apart from anything that that means personally I think there's also a kind of collective kind of expectation and weight mm -hmm. that's, that, that comes on you that, that makes it really hard to tell what's you and what's the expectations on you. Yes. And I'm sure yes. that comes up a lot around this subject. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it was even you, you mentioned, and, and I said, you know, it's a short chapter, but there's a lot in it. Um, so you kind of mentioned in your 20s, you know, it's not something you were actively thinking about, but at you know, you assumed maybe it would happen at some point. And I think a lot of people probably feel like that. Yeah. People probably in their 20s are pretty actively trying not to get pregnant, but at yeah. some point you think it'll, it'll happen later on. Um, yeah, even just looking back on that now, do you, do you know kind of where that came from? Again, was it just social expectation, do you think? I'm, I'm kind of really interested in the ways that we're not half as individualistic as our culture tells us we are. <laughs> that we're much more shaped by expectation and norms um, and conformity than we like to think we are. Or I, people like me who think we're fierce arty like to think we are. And so I think it's sometimes hard to tell um, what's your desire and what's a social kind of desire. And with things like having kids, I think a lot of that feeds into it because... There's a personal bit of want, but then there's a, I want to be like other people. I want to have what they have. Am I missing something because I don't have that? Yes. And those are different things. So when you're kind of processing mm. that, you have to kind of try and figure out what's you, what's mm. the expectation on you. Um, Which is really hard to do because it's, it's quite abstract and everything is so intertwined. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I've heard people say that they want to want to have children because it actually seems easier 
yeah you know which to me kind of sounds funny but it's more straightforward you you, you just kind of go with it maybe more it feels like you're as you said maybe going a different path if, if you're not doing that there, there's more of a like i think I, i've thought about this a lot now and i thought about it a lot like that's one of the shorter essays in the book but it's one i had to rewrite over and over again to get right and one of the things that occurred to me was that um like what what it does when you're like everyone else is you have a map so when you hit the age of 40 like say you know a lot of my peers would have got had kids in their late 30s you know early 40s mm -hmm. um uh and that maps out the next 20 years for you because you know just as you're getting out of that phase of your life when it's about school college work now you can go into your children's <laughs> primary school or you know nursery primary school and, and suddenly there's a whole other map ahead exactly. and um and when i and that is like I, as i say in the book i'm now at a, in a position i think um I, and i think anna my wife is too like we're now at a position where we kind of see genuinely see pros and cons of both um and knowing that the next 20 years isn't mapped out it's occasionally daunting but it's also quite liberating and okay. Um, I've seen um, Anna actually interviewed Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, the writer. Uh, it was a, a live interview last year in Belvedere College, and she said a kind of amazing thing. She, she, she didn't have kids. She's she's fifty now, um, and she said this kind of amazingly empowering thing about how women in their forties and fifties without kids are like a new species. Like there was never a period when there were so many of them, okay. you know. Yes um and some of it's some of it's choice and some of it's not choice yeah. but 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 on the more positive end of it it's kind of biology isn't destiny anymore which yeah. is um which yeah. is the liberating side of it you know yes yes if if, if it's your choice yeah yeah if it's your choice yeah okay. and it wasn't entire it wasn't entirely our choice yeah you know? yeah okay um And, and you mentioned the dream, and it's a very vivid uh, dream, and, and it's it's really interesting because I thought it was lovely. So we don't hear, you know, the dream is, is about kind of caring for your nephew, and you were saying you woke up with a real kind of yearning and a real kind of physical, yeah. or you experienced that at different times to, to want to have a child. And I don't think we really hear men talking like that. That tends to be something that is more associated or, or given space to for women and I just think I kind of think it's lovely I think we need to hear more of that but was that yeah I don't know what you feel about that I think that's I think it's human nature like I, I'm of the view that most of the differences between men and women are products of assumption and expectation on, on them you know so there's a weight of expectation about what a woman is meant to be in, in our society and it's different in other societies yeah. And the same with men. Mm -hmm. And I, I have another essay in the book about it. I spent a short period of time, like a year and a bit, as a care worker, which I also learned a lot from because, like, gender comes into that as well. Because I realized that kind of middle class young men, like I was at the time, aren't really trained to nurture. Um, and one of the things I learned from that is that I think most people have a basic innate ability to nurture and a desire mm -hmm. to nurture. Um, I also had a very maternal father. Mm -hmm. like, uh, my dad was a 
for his like my dad's 72 now and for his era actually not even for his era even by today's standards he was mm. like he did as much cooking cleaning nappy changing as my mom mm. and uh, and he was in the army so it was quite a complex model of masculinity um yeah. and one of the things i learned from that is that it's not something i think that there is an unfair weight of expectation that this is a woman's issue um and i think the reality is that both men and women have a desire to nurture <laughs> and uh yeah well you, you'd hope so you know but yeah. I, it's just we I, well i certainly as i don't think i've come across yeah. that maybe being kind of vocalized in, in the way that you did and that chapter as well on, on the care work is like found that really lovely you know because it's almost like um I don't know, are men not expected to want to do those types of jobs or to enjoy that type of work? And yeah, I just thought yeah. you, you talked about the people you worked with was so lovely. Um, it's, it's nice to hear that perspective. Um, yeah. I, I do think that, um, like, I, like one of the reasons I wrote the book in general is because I've come to the conclusion that it's better to talk about this stuff. Like in my life, I've come to the conclusion that nothing ever... Uh, nothing in my life was ever improved by it being secret or even private. I mean, I believe in privacy, but but like not if you feel like it needs to be private. Mm -hmm. You know, like there are um, like the things about, and I know we've come a long way in terms of mental health, in terms of talking about it and things like that. But I, I felt like um, I've also read a lot of things recently in different places. One of them was Malcolm Gladwell's recent book, which just points out that we often make assumptions about other people because you can't see their thought process. And most of us aren't encouraged to talk about what we're going through, you know, to definitely not to strangers. And, and even to, I think even sometimes amongst friends, it's difficult because um, I think, again, you're back to that horrible thing about there's an expectation of what norms are and, if there's one great thing about the last 50 years, it's an increasing reality that there are lots of different kinds of good life, you yes. know, that there isn't just one kind of good life. And um, what, I, what I've come to believe about kids and wanting kids is that, I'm going to just put numbers on this that are completely unscientific, but I'm going to say that I think there's 5% of people who really, really, don't want kids and it would be a bad thing if they had them mm -hmm. and there's five percent of people who really really want the kids and would be incredibly unhappy if they didn't and I've come to the conclusion that most people can be happy one way or the other mm. and okay. I think there are things about not having kids that make me sad and there are things about not having kids that kind of make that I think are grand and fine and liberate okay. me for for the future and I think that there's a danger of putting kind of um, uh, always putting a kind of tragic narrative on these things mm -hmm. um, and, and which I, I know isn't necessarily like if somebody is really really trying to kids at home that's yeah it doesn't feel like that yeah but I, I also know like Emily Pine has a great uh, chapter she's a friend of mine actually yeah. and she had a huge influence on my book she has a great chapter about like they really tried and she writes about it in the book 
but she comes to the same kind of conclusion as I've come to, even though they really, really try to, you know. I, I interviewed her, it's absolutely yeah. amazing, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but she's kind of, like, she's, like, we'd be, me and Anna are really good friends with Emily and her partner, but, yeah. like, they've kind of come to, she's come to come to a similar conclusion in that, I said, that there, is a no, there are other ways to, yeah. like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, like, is that, my stupid statistics on that probably aren't, necessarily scientific but what's your thinking when talk to people it's really interesting it's an interesting way of thinking about it um because i suppose it's not what is portrayed uh, it's portrayed 98 yeah. percent of people desperately will and want to and and, and you know will have children and it, i think that's how it feels to people who maybe are, are thinking that they don't want to they feel so isolated they feel like they're the only ones yeah. And they're also, in a strange way, it feels like there's an extra stigma on people who choose not to have them. It's like it's yeah. extra deliberate going against the social norms. You know, yeah. you know, this sounds really flippant, but you, you have an excuse, I suppose, if you can't. You know, it's like you're absolved of, of yeah. Whereas if you specifically choose not to, it feels, it can feel, um, yeah, like, like there's an extra layer to it. So it's... The other thing I thought about a lot, and it does like like it makes me laugh a bit now because I, I find some of this kind of interesting in a like there's there's this kind of weird su- suggestion that people who don't have kids are selfish. Yes. Well, actually, the reason a lot of people want to have kids is, is very selfish. Like they, I think I say in the book, like even when I was thinking about wanting to nurture somebody mm-hmm. and I was really yearning for it, I realized there's like a hunger there also for someone that really loves you. Yes. And and it's not an entirely, neither position is an entirely <laughs> selfless position. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of feel like there's an awful lot of pointless moral judgments in either direction. Like yeah. there are, we all know people who never wanted kids but had them and are great parents. Mm-hmm. And we know people who... We all know people who shouldn't have kids, right? <laughs> Even people who wanted them. And because psychotherapy wouldn't exist if every parent was a good parent. Yes. So, so it's a much more complicated situation than that narrow narrative presents, yeah. which is kind of part of the reason I wanted to write about it. I think I want to write about it more. I think I'm going to write about it some more. Because I've even thought about, like, a lot of the stuff in that book helped me come to a position on certain things. Like, the like writing about it is cathartic because like in psychotherapy you kind of put a new narrative on things so i feel like i resolved a lot of things when i wrote that essay and a lot of things came into sharper focus about the societal um Mm. pressure on people around children um that i that i actually think is just really unfair and that people a lot of people should like it doesn't really bother me anymore but there was a period when it really bothered me that if you didn't know me well, would say things like, oh, you should really have kids. And you're like, going, what, what sort of, like, lack of knowledge about the world would make someone say that to someone where they don't know their situation and they don't know whether it's easy or hard for them or it's a hot button issue for them? Like, the, that's, that's, that's people really trying to make the world conform to yes. their view of the world. Absolutely. Would that happen much? I suppose we, we, I've heard so far a lot from women that can be asked that in all kinds of yeah. situations. I'm just wondering again, for your perspective, does it happen much or, or did it happen? 
it 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 happens. I don't think it happens as much as it does to women. But I've had kind of mm. had people do that strange thing where they go, "When you have kids," and I and I again, I just feel like that's a very unworldly thing to say. We all know that lots of people have difficulties mm-hmm. having kids for for different reasons or their life circumstances don't. So I just feel like it's a it's a mean question, and I think some of those people know it's a mean question. Mm, okay. Because it's not that hard to ask. Well, if you're going to have to ask at all, at least ask if, you know, yeah. the, in is, is the presumptuous part. Yeah. 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 Well, ideally not ask at all. But, and how, how do you deal with that? I, I don't know. Or, or has that changed maybe how you, how you respond to people? Um, I don't, like, I, don't, I, I never really, I kind of tended to shut those conversations down pretty quickly. So I never, that's how I've always dealt with it. Mm. Um, like I, I think um, I, I think that some people I think that it's obviously a huge thing when people have kids but some of the narratives around children are simplistic fairy tale narratives you know like and even the narratives like even the fact that it's still difficult for young parents to actually talk about how difficult it is to be a young parent you know like i just feel like it's doing nobody any help to to, to assume that everyone is the same yeah. to assume that everyone's experience of parenthood is mm-hmm. the same and to assume that like that every child is the same you know some kids are hard like some some kids don't sleep and other kids do and those are those are very different experiences of having kids and i know this just from my friends, you know, and family. Um, mm. So yeah, so I, I, as you can probably tell, like where when I wrote the book, I was kind of coming through something, and the kind it was kind of coming to personal conclusions. But now I've kind of come to kind of quite annoyed conclusions about how society, because it doesn't hurt me anymore. So now I'm, I'm kind of annoyed on behalf of other people yeah. for whom this is still hurtful. You know. Um, the, Sorry, because really, as you've said, it doesn't serve anybody. So it doesn't serve parents and it doesn't serve people who aren't parents. No. Nobody wins in, in yeah. quite constricted uh, view of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll have to start a, start a protest. <laughs> so start a witch. So, well, not that we can at the moment, but start a start protest. <laughs> well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't start a protest. I just kind of, I kind of generally feel like we're quite conforming humans and there's a tendency for even like some of the way you know particularly I think it's difficult in terms of how kind of working mothers are pitted against stay-at-home mothers I think for women in particular there's all these ways in which people are pitted against each other when the reality is there are just lots of different kinds of lives and we can support each other in those different kinds of lives you know and there's good lives Mm -hmm. all over the place Okay. And what has helped you? So as you've moved through that, so having to accept the, the, the very difficult yeah. um, reality that it wasn't going to happen for you, what has helped you move then to kind of see that there are possibilities and, and that that's more of a positive thing or can be a positive thing? Um, seeing that thing about conformity, like okay. seeing how a lot of the pressure is like that. I want to live with my own feelings about it and my own difficulties with it. And I've completely shed, like, I think it's important to shed the societal difficulties. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not my problem. That's, that's someone else's problem, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
that has kind of helped me come to terms with it. Seeing people like Elizabeth Gilbert talk about it because yeah. she's positively inspiring about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and I think just time, like, and, and realizing that I, I, I'm also very conscious after writing the book in general that lots of the things I have wanted over the years are are not the things I want now, and and everyone changes, and um, the things I wanted as a twenty year old are not the things I wanted in my thirties, and the things I wanted in my thirties aren't the things I want now, um, and I think with. Uh, with things like having kids as well, like you can, I still feel like when I see my nephews and niece, um, like with their parents and I kind of get a pang mm. occasionally, but then I also see that, um, you know, it's hard to be a parent, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's not always easy. And um, I, what, what I've chosen to do is not feel guilty about that, right? <laughs> you know, occasionally, I mean, obviously, and I help babysit, you know. And I like hanging out with kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds like you've a lot of children kind of in your life, and um, that you yeah. spend time with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that guilt is is interesting. I suppose guilt can. I always think guilt is is kind of an external reaction. Yeah. It's, it's in reaction to something else, so it's it's never very productive. But, um, yeah. So being able to move away from that, um. And just, yeah, it sounds like maybe taking a step back, is it? I know when you're in the middle of all this, it's really hard to kind of look at the bigger picture, but so some time, kind of that yeah. perspective has just helped you. Like that's, I mean, I guess time with most things, yeah. you develop a sense of perspective of what's what. Like mm-hmm. When you're in the middle of a, any sort of crisis, there's a maelstrom of feelings mm-hmm. and you can't compartmentalize them all. Yeah. And over time, you kind of go, well, I know what that's about. And that's actually, you know, it's like when, I, when I'm doing some work, I break it into bits, you know, and I, and I do this bit and then I do this bit. As you work through some of these issues that you have, you can break it into bits too. And you realize that, okay, here's something I do feel sad about. Mm. And, and I can deal with that. And here's something that that's just, that's someone else's problem. That's not my problem. Yeah. So I can put that in a box and go, I never have to think about that again. <laughs> and, and, and I think child, children as an issue is one of those issues where there, I think a lot of the bits are those things, mm-hmm. like expectations sometimes from family. We were looking, no expectation from family, they're great. Mm-hmm. But I know some people feel that expectation very strongly. Mm-hmm. So, it, so then you're into, you're into not just your feelings about wanting kids, yeah. but your feelings of disappointing someone else and and, um, and your feelings about your relationship with other family members and stuff. Um, I think it's important to break those things up okay. and kind of go, um, I think with loads of things, it's important to go, that's not my thing. Okay. That's somebody else's thing. Definitely. This bit's my thing. My little bit of sadness is here and I understand it. Yeah. But, you know, this fear about, you know, like one, one of the other things, um, and I say it in the essay, like people without kids worry about, you know, people talk about this great insight you get. Yeah. You have children. Yes. And I think that's possibly true in, in certain very clear ways, okay. but it's definitely not true for everybody. And I, I, and, and I just keep, like anyone who struggles with this, 
think of all those terrible parents <laughs> over the years for whom having kids has taught them nothing. Or even the people, like, I, I, I joke about it now because I actually used to, I used to think about it and it bothered me. And then it, when, when people would go, and it's usually men who do this, to be honest, who go, I never really cared about news stories, but now I have kids, I suddenly can empathize. Yeah. And I actually kind of feel like they're sociopaths. <laughs> because I always, most of us can empathize with sad stories. You don't need to have kids yeah. to feel pangs in your heart about yeah. kids going through something. Um, and, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm going to get fierce to it now. Like, uh, but, but also, just simple things like the idea that having kids, like that, that it, it's propaganda that I felt that having kids makes you better. Yeah. A person or a kinder person. Um, if anything, it can sometimes make you a more selectively kind of person where you care deeply about your family, but you would burn the world to protect. <laughs> so, so it's not, I don't know if it makes people mm. necessarily, I, th I think there are definitely people who have been improved by having kids. Okay. But I, I just don't think that's a universal thing. And I, and I, I also think there are, like, I guess the reason I want to talk about this is I think this is something that makes people feel really bad. Yes. There's a lot of people I know out there who struggle with this and feel like a lesser person somehow. And that angers me now. Like, whereas it made me sad before, it angers me now because I think that's just such a limited way okay. of looking at the world. Um, and there are so many ways people can contribute and there's so many ways people can have good lives. And to think that this one thing is the only reason we're here is in the 21st century, really old fashioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really well put. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think because it is it is that thing of, I suppose it's almost like reality testing, isn't it? If these questions yeah. and actually looking around and seeing, well, how does that work out in, in real life? Because it's never that, nothing is ever that black and white, but yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, I think that's good advice for anyone who is maybe feeling uh, affected by it at the moment. Um, okay, so really trying to separate out, um, as you said, kind of what, what's your part and what is everybody else's part and which bits you need to focus on. Yeah, like... Change other people. It, it, like, th there is a sad thing, mm -hmm. but, it, but, but I think that... I think it's important that it's your sad thing. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. that it's not... Uh, this is a sad thing because my granny says judgmental things every time I visit. You know, like that's yeah, yeah. Uh, that's something I, I I feel like people should be just happy to reject. That's yeah. not your problem, mm -hmm. you know. Okay. Um, or your colleague says things. <laughs> you know, people do say stupid things, but and that's not our thing. And none of those people are living your life. They don't have to go no, and no. deal with whatever. <laughs> Whatever situation yeah. I would think, yeah. So it's easy to say things, but they don't have to be that significant, I guess. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very interesting. Um, and and can I ask, you know, again, I suppose kind of from the male perspective, is this something that you would talk about or find it easy to talk about, like with friends or family, or is it more of a, a personal thing that you've worked through? Um, I've talked about it with my close friends. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, I'm, I'm open enough about it. So like the way I'm talking about it now is I, I talk to anyone okay. about it now, mm -hmm. like, because I think it is a bigger social issue. 
and um, uh, when I was kind of hurting with it, I spoke to some close friends, and um, and I have other male friends who don't have kids and would really have wanted them, you know. Um, so I don't think it's um, I don't think it's just a woman's issue. But I, like, I mean, I know it's not, and it's simplistic to say that, but um, uh, I I think that nurture is like part of human nature and we want to be kind we want to look after people and there's lots of ways of doing that too but I think one of the straightforward ways is having kids you know um so like it feeds a a part of who we are um and I don't think it's just um I think men have that nurturing thing too it's just less um verbalized yeah, or, or even uh, like you said, or I think like I said, it, it feels like it's less encouraged. Like, like that men aren't given permission to talk about, to talk about it. Like whether they, whether it's something they want or if it's something they're sad about. Yeah, like they're a bit kind of disenfranchised from it, um, which can't be positive. It's never good. Um, no. Situation, yeah. And yeah, like, and I, I think that I mean, again, like, ge- generally things are changing like I think an awful lot of the mental health conversations in recent years have actually been kind of a little bit about men Mm. um, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's been acknowledged that talking about things is important and traditionally men were meant to be stoical and taciturn and I'm not stoical I'm stoical but I'm not taciturn (laughs) so um, and I I don't think it's um, helpful to anyone like I think that if you're suffering with something, it's usually better if there's someone you can talk to that you can trust, you know, whether it's a friend or a therapist. Mm, yeah. Um, That's why I even thought it was interesting, I suppose, that, that you wrote this style of book because I suppose I, we were I was talking to Emily about it, you know, the personal essays, I suppose, yeah. were seen as quite the, the women's realm there for a while. Was that kind of a conscious choice or is it just your writing style? It, it, it's not particularly con- a little conscious in that I, I plan to write a funny book, and it's a, a, a fun- I'd always had in the back of my mind I wanted to write kind of funny essays. Mm. There are funny essays in this, but um, yeah. I was also really aware that I wanted it to reflect who I am, and this is a part of who I am, and I, I didn't want to kind of. And I was I was quite influenced by a lot of those uh, women writers like like Emily and Sinead Leeson and Rosita Boland in the Irish Times, my colleague who's brilliant, and um, and writers like I mean actually I only read this after the book, but Nilo Whelan, um, you know, like there's something uh, very important when you read someone being really personal and honest about their life, yeah, um, and it's no matter how weirdly particular you feel it is, it's always kind of universal. Um, because actually, in a weird way, the more particular it gets, the more universal it gets, because people can go, oh, wow, I thought I was a complete freak. <laughs> this guy, Patrick Fraid, is way worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it is, I mean, it is a lovely book, and uh, and it is, it's, it's, it is funny, you know, it's easy to read and yet you touch off so many really important um, topics that I think everyone can relate to. So it's, it's, 
it's lovely and it's been received really well it's, it's kind of very good yeah i'm very pleased yeah and, and i hear nice things like i think some of different essays chime with people including this one the, yeah. the one about kids um because i think a lot more people than verbalize it have like i think the other thing that was important for me to write was um on this subject was everything is either written from the perspective of somebody talking how amazing parenting is on the one extreme to talking about how really, really difficult it is for them, you know, in terms of not being able to have kids. Yeah. And I just think that there's an awful lot of strands of okay. um, complexity in the middle and an awful lot of ambivalent feelings like people have where they're not, um, like my feeling on it now, like a few years ago, what I was kind of documenting in the book was my passage from a period when I felt very sad about it to a period where I, I feel ambivalent about it now. Okay. Like, you know, if you asked me at different times, I would say different things. Okay. But I think a lot of people with kids feel ambivalent about it, but they can't say it, right? I think because parenting, I know parenting is hard, you know? Life is hard. <laughs> so we feel ambivalent a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think we've seen that even in the lockdown, we've seen that kind of maybe through humor, you know, of, of yeah. parenting at home and parenting at work and homeschooling and all this stuff. But yeah, it, it kind of, it's almost like tipping off it, but not, not fully, you know, just kind of touching off it a little bit. But yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think you're right. Absolutely. And I suppose that's come up a lot trying to move away from this kind of, this binary or this really extreme, like yeah. the other, there's all this room in between, um, which, which can be better for for some people, or or you might be able to find kind of a route through it, yeah, that works for you. So it doesn't have to be either extreme. Um, yeah, okay, that's really useful. Thanks, Amelia. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to add? Anything you think we haven't? Um... I, I was kind of curious how that fits into how like you're from having spoken to people over. Uh, for how long, how long have you been doing the podcast? Then? Oh, uh, only since like September. <laughs> <laughs> how many have you done? Uh, I put up, what would say, mm, the nine episodes up today okay. in October. Yeah. Has it changed your thoughts on this? Like, and how, how have your thoughts been evolved? Um, my own personal thoughts? Yeah. Oh, um, no, but I think it's, brilliant to hear people yeah. other perspectives um and as i said I, I am just so bowled over by the response you know the fact that anyone's listened to it um not to mention a lot of people um i think it again it just reflects i suppose how many people are a just maybe unsure or anxious um and they might still go on to have kids but just acknowledging that it's not a straightforward choice for yeah. them helpful and for other people then who are quite sure I, i've kind of noticed i suppose with clients the majority of clients that i would get would be people who are 70 or 80 or 90 percent sure that they don't want kids but the accepting of that or the admitting okay. to that yeah. which is what it feels like is actually the hard bit so um as i said this was just getting as many opinions out there as possible that might help them is is I think really interesting. Are there many men in that category, or would it mainly be women? It really depends. You know, it, it, there's a whole range, and, and I suppose I'd work with couples as well, and it could be completely 
either or you know quite a lot of the time it's the men who want kids and it's the women who are unsure and vice versa so it, there's a real variety um i have to say because mm. i don't think that's because i think and i guess this is what we're doing in the podcast <laughs> that doesn't fit the, the narrative no it doesn't yeah no. Um, I, I, I think it's like it's I think it's a hugely interesting subject um, like I've I find it interesting like that I think when you move into your 40s is when it can become a big issue for a lot of people and it, and it became a big issue for people around me right um, and again it's because and everyone for whom it becomes an issue they just assumed it would all be way clearer you know, they assume that, you know, like, like uh, I was saying that it would just like the array of life. I really want a kid and here, and here one is, <laughs> it's that simple or, or like the, the opposite, okay. you know, whereas the reality is I think most people are like, most people are ambivalent about everything, you know, or, you know, they, they might be 70% one way or the other, but there's a, there's a grain of, is this a good idea or is this a bad idea? And sometimes uh, because I, I would really try and reflect, you know, I think sometimes people forget maybe what experiences, what other experiences they've had, they're, they're not able to apply that to this because it feels like it should be so straightforward because I suppose, you know, we yeah. make decisions all the time and we deal with all kinds of other life experiences, but sometimes it feels like people forget that they've navigated other stuff and this yeah. feels so different. Um, so yeah, I think you're, you're right, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, look, that is fascinating. I look forward to the next book. Uh, <laughs> might get a few more chapters. Um, no, really, really interesting. Thank you for sharing all of that today. Really Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks very much to my guests for taking part and to you for listening. I would love to hear your feedback and any suggestions for other topics you would like to see covered in this series. I would also love to build a community of like-minded people, so please follow the Our Kids For Me pages on Facebook and Instagram if you want to find out more on this topic. I look forward to hearing from you and watch out for the next episode soon.